0: Lead Well. Welcome to the Lead Well podcast, where we're growing the whole leader, sharpening leadership skills while strengthening the heart in leadership. Let's lead well.
1: Hello and welcome to the Lead Well podcast. This is your host, Javon Legans. I'm very excited about this particular show, this episode, because I'm joined again by two special guests, Israel and Sonia Piotr. Thank you guys for being on board today.
2: We're so happy to be here.
1: So, you know, I'm excited for the discussion that we're going to have just because it's going to continue a theme for us. If you guys have been listening to the podcast for the last few episodes, you know, and maybe we haven't explicitly said this, so I'll say it now. All of the topics that we've been talking through have fallen into about four major categories. So, We'll have episodes that are specifically geared on discipleship, some that are specifically geared towards leadership skills, how we can reproduce ourselves as leaders. We'll have some that are geared on just the culture of community and how we can establish that. And we'll have some episodes that are centered on culture of care. And this is one of those episodes. So we want to talk a little bit about culture of care. We have spent the last, I don't know, five, six weeks talking about discipleship very, very heavy. And a lot of the times, and in the scenarios where we lead, specifically if you're a part of our family here at Victory, or if you listen to this podcast, you'll hear us reference culture of care a lot. And sometimes those just sound like very nice words to jumble together. Like, oh, that sounds like it will work well. But I'd love for us to just dig in and talk about it in greater detail and just really assess and talk through, okay, well, what does this actually practically look like as we lead in the different environments that we lead? And I don't think there's two better people to talk through that and help us introduce this topic. So just to open it up, Israel, let me ask you this very general question. And I think this can just set the tone for where we're going to go. When you think of culture of care, specifically as it relates to leaders, many people who listen to this are leading in group environments and leading at home, leading at work. So when you think of culture of care, what does that bring up for you? Or what do you think of? That's
0: a good question. I would even ask the same thing of everyone in this room. Mm, I think immediately okay. what I think about is I think about classes. I think about some of the handouts that we give. I think about next steps. Curriculum. But I also, yeah, what's that?
2: Curriculum. Curriculum. and mm-hmm. Resources. resources yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, what about visually? Like, what do we see? Like, what do we see when we start thinking about care? Like, for me, I think about people at the altar and they're praying Uh, for people. Yeah. Yeah. and But I also sense a little bit of tension there because I see the lines. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah.
0: I see the lines. And I see the people looking at the lines behind them. And we got to get moving and we have to, yeah. Next service is starting. Right, right, Mm -hmm. right. I see people in the lobby scurrying about leaders, scurrying about getting Mm -hmm. to the next meeting. Yeah. Trying to make it on time. Mm
2: Mm-hmm. I see moms, dads trying to care for their children in the lobby or as they're trying to get to the car or...
1: Trying to get the check-in. Check-in, yeah, yeah. And honestly, I think even within a group context, in that same theme, as people are leading in groups, Mm -hmm. sometimes the care is, hey, let me see if I can fit this moment inside of the script of what we're doing. Like, hey, there's a moment here. Let me see if I can fit in Mm -hmm. some care. And then, oh, well, we got to get back.
2: We got to yeah. get back to this yeah. curriculum what or this about, thing.
0: Yeah, what about that thing that we all do where we have conversations in traffic with people? Yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> and look, like, there's nothing wrong with right, that. No, we're not downing that. But but has care gone to such an extreme where we're having these deep moments of ministry and the only time we have available is in traffic on the way home? hmm or as we're praying for someone, we've got we've got one eye open on the person and our other eye open on the line yep. behind them. Yeah. While vacillating between the clock and knowing that we've got to like move out of there mm-hmm. because the next service is about to start. Yeah. And so I think that we can easily get to that point. And again, I think that we've adapted.
2: Right. To and those are. Those are good things. Again, I mean, I I think we can provide care in different levels and in different ways and different forms. Mm -hmm. And
0: we're really good at doing it. I mean, we're really good at giving resources. Mm -hmm. We're really good at Mm -hmm. while they're telling us, hey, I have this particular problem. The Rolodex in our mind or the information in our mind is spinning, trying to figure out. What do I need to give this
1: person? Yes.
2: I mean, for me, that is one of the biggest pressures that I feel and that the Lord has been training me to sort of put aside is. Sonia, you don't need to fix this person. That's not what I've called you to do. And I was like looking through the Bible and I was like, God, you're right. Like there's nowhere in the Bible does it say that you and I are called to fix people's problems. Mm -hmm. Right. It doesn't say that.
0: But how often in that moment of care do we start thinking to our own sense of inadequacies? Like, Like, I don't have this. We feel inadequate
2: if we can't fix the problem. That's so true. And
0: so, I don't know, maybe it's just me, but we have, again, we're vacillating between looking at the clock, the line behind us, looking inward at what we don't have, trying to figure out how I can give this person the most appropriate resource. Mm -hmm. Is that really, Mm -hmm. is that truly Mm -hmm. authentic care? Mm -hmm. And so here's the thing. While I think we do a good job, and I do, I think that we're great hosts of Mm -hmm. amazing resources. But the question is this, what if there is a greater gift that we can give people? Mm -hmm. And here is that gift. Mm -hmm. It is our unanxious and Mm -hmm. fully engaged presence. Yes. Mm -hmm. Not looking at the clock, not worrying about the line behind us. Of course, it's being mindful of it. Not looking within us to judge our inadequacies. Mm -hmm. Okay. But what if it looked like if we could just be completely fully aware of the person in front of us? Mm -hmm. What if we could not just be great administrators of processes and resources, Yes. but what if we could be real time extensions
1: Mm. of
0: God's presence? I mean, let's really look at what God did for us through Jesus. Mm -hmm. He gave us the gift of his physical presence and emotional availability.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: Through Jesus, this God who could just God with us, Mm -hmm. could stand with us, could sit with us, could eat with us, could Mm -hmm. rest with us.
2: Could work with us. Could work with us. Could sweat with us. Yeah, could
0: cry with us. Mm. That's just beautiful. And here's the thing. Not only would he do that, but then he would say, let me show you how. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Let me teach you how to do this. Mm
1: -hmm. And I always think
0: back, like it's so necessary how god had to leave his throne of heaven just to make physical contact with this i mean the stone the non-relational tablets of god's law was fulfilled by a relational touchable teacher who would put eyes on us Mm -hmm. make us feel seen loved and heard. Yes. That's what the stone tablets could not do. That's what the Ten Commandments right. could not do. Right. It couldn't reach out. It couldn't touch us. It mm-hmm. couldn't feel with us. It couldn't grieve with us. It couldn't mourn with us. It couldn't play. It couldn't laugh. It mm-hmm. couldn't delight. Mm-hmm. And God said, There's more. Yes. I'm sending you a yes. greater gift.
2: Yes. He got down in the dirt, like literally, because Jesus could have came. I mean, I think about this. Like, God could have came in the form of flesh to live in a palace or to go live in a beautiful city, but he came to one of the places where there was like a ground made of dirt. Yeah, right. Like he got down in the dirt with us, literally, Mm -hmm. literally.
0: To experience pain. Because I guess we ask the question like, well, what would cause God to make such a bold move like that? I mean, other than love. But I think that there is this, oh, There's this deep understanding of who we were as people. Like God knew how Mm -hmm. we were complex and emotionally wired. Mm -hmm. Like because he knew this. He knew this. We long to be seen, Mm -hmm. known, and loved. Mm -hmm. And he decided to move beyond theory. Yes. And he decided to make it visceral, organic. He chose to be all in. He made a decision to be intimate, to be alive with us.
2: Mm -hmm. And, you know, when we're talking about the way that God created our hearts is we long for, we long to be seen and known and accepted and loved and not judged, not criticized, not having to feel like if I say something, am I walking away? And now they think bad about me. Do I have to go back and fix it? Do I need to send a text? Well, I hope you know what I meant. Like, this is not what I meant. Like I have found myself in so many of those situations where I'm afraid that, oh no, did I say too much? Did I say too much about my heart or did I, and as a group leader or as a coach, The goal for me is to make sure that I'm creating safety for those people, that I'm entering their presence, understanding that this is sacred ground. It's good to have my agenda and it's good to have my resources and my tools and my education and and all of those things are really good. But when I come into the presence of a group or a person I'm coaching or some sort of leadership you know, with my children and in my home, with my family, can I put all of these things to the side? And do I have margin? And that's a big thing. Like, have we created margin in all of the things we're doing so that we can not, we're not rushed. We're not anxious. We're not feeling this. Oh, but you know, did you read chapter eight of our curriculum? You know, because there's people in our midst that maybe in our groups or in our presence is the only time that they're going to feel seen, loved, cared for, accepted. Like we have such a great opportunity to embody this part of Jesus that we were just talking about, how he made space for us and how he sees us, knows us, loves us, accepts us. I never feel like God is rushing me to the next thing in my relationship with God.
1: Yeah.
2: You know, do you guys ever feel that? I never feel like God is ever like, you need to get this right. Yeah. Because you know, what are people going to think?
1: Yeah. It's usually us doing the rushing exactly on the other side of it. So yes. let me ask you this question in response to that. What does it look like for me as a leader to embody that in the same mm-hmm. way that Christ embodies that for me. What does it look like for me to embody that? And how do I balance the, hey, the prioritization of Mm -hmm. presence versus, hey, we have an agenda. Like we have to, we have to get these things done. How do I, how do I balance that? Like, what does that look like? Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah, I think in Israel, you can add into this, but I think for me is, you know, what the Lord has been teaching me to do is like make your plan, pray. There has to be a lot of preparation that I do myself before I even enter the presence of the people that I'm meeting with. I check my heart for it. where am I anxious? You know, where am I feeling panicked? Where am I feeling like this needs to get done? Where's the emergency? You know, if there's an emergency, let me take care of those things with God first. And God, what is it that you really want out of this meeting? What do you really want from this time with this person? Do you really want me to? T- tell them like, why didn't you read chapter 10 of our curriculum? Or, well, you know, you're not doing the homework or like, is that really the thing that's going to cause this person to go do it? Did I just, am I just bringing shame to them? Because maybe this is a person that has five children or they're single and they're trying to find a way to not be lonely. And so they're staying up with their friends or, you know, whatever the situation is like, I'm like, let's get right to the core of what is really needed here with these people that I'm about to encounter. And so having the agenda, and one thing I do is like, yes, I do communicate the agenda. Guys, this is what I would love for us to accomplish together in our time together. And I make space for, and the heart is really the core of who God is. And that's what he's interested in. That's what he wants. When we talk about visceral presence, Mm -hmm. that's what we're talking about is, If you can think of the person that you have felt the most safe with, whether it was your grandmother growing up or it was your mom or your dad, or maybe it's your boyfriend now or your spouse, or maybe, let's go here, if you can think about a situation that you got into that maybe you're not so proud of, maybe there's shame in there, but what lured you into that situation? Was it that you felt a level of being seen and accepted? Because I find that the world is actually kind of quite good at being in accepting and non judgmental. And so that's what I'm talking about. What I'm saying visceral presence is where you're understood, loved, accepted, you're not judged. We're setting aside our judgment. We're setting aside the agenda for that 10 minutes, for that hour, however long we're with that person, enough to create enough safety for them to feel like, I can say what I need to say. I can talk to this pastor. I can talk to this leader. I can say to them, you know, I'm in an affair or, you know, I have a porn addiction or I'm going through grief or I just experienced betrayal, my best friend betrayed me, or whatever it is, that they're going to be joined in that experience and we're not gonna to try to fix them. Yeah. Because who wants to be a project? I don't wanna be a project, right? And I think even Israel, as we were talking about like our experiences, you know, 20 years ago when we got saved and we came into the church, you know, throughout the years I started feeling like, so part of me is accepted, And I would try to talk about, you know, I've struggled with depression Mm. on and off in my life. And as a Christian, that's a topic that many people don't understand. And so when I would try to talk to the, about this before I was working in the church and just as with the pastor, and they would just kind of make me their project or say, well, you don't have enough faith. You don't have enough faith, or you need to read this chapter more of the Bible. But it's like, I started feeling like I'm not safe. I'm not safe. Don't tell them this part of you. Yeah.
0: And so I guess my big question, as we wrap up, my big question, and of course this will probably go into a part two, my big question is this, what if we moved beyond caring with our heads,
2: Mm -hmm. beyond
0: caring through theory, and we moved in as being living extensions of God's love, that we just demonstrated patience, Mm. Mm long-suffering, we demonstrated clear, visceral presence. Mm -hmm. And as we do that, okay, as we clear the ground for the landing of God's presence, that ground that we're standing on becomes sacred. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And let's see what happens there.
2: Yes, and in that is where Jesus does the work. Yeah. We're just simply joining him. We're becoming the physical presence for him to embody us. And then he's doing the work, the spirit of God, is the one doing the work.
1: Yeah, that's so good. And uh, honestly, even as we close there, I want to thank you guys, but I also want to thank you, Israel, for inviting yourself back for part two. (laughs) (laughs) Because we'll definitely need to dig into this a little bit more. Because I think what you're saying is key in that we have to allow for Jesus to do the work. (laughs) where we can relieve the pressure off of ourselves to feel that we have to do the work and allow him to work through us for what he intends to happen in that particular situation so i do thank you guys for that we're actually going to continue this conversation but thank you so much just for leading us down this road and really just talking through just what a culture of care looks like feels like and how we can implement it in the environments where we lead all right thank you guys